You got your intro. See you, Matt. Here we got it. Finally. Is that your theme music? That's it. Yes, it is. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Jeez. Well, we've, we've already disappointed our special guest. Welcome to the Eagles Insider Podcast. Chris McPherson here along with Fran Duffy, Bo Wolf, and our special guest this week, Eagles Hall of Fame wide receiver and analyst for the 94 WIP broadcast, the one and only Mike Quick. The man they call Plan B. <laughs> or whenever you can't get a real guest, you bring in Mike Quick. That's just oh, perfect. Jeez, I feel so welcome yeah. right now. <laughs> Bo knows how to keep it real here on the podcast. I love Bo. <laughs> oh, the lies are just coming out now, left yeah. and right here to get this thing That's rolling. Perfect. So special it, alumni captain this week. Exactly. Yeah. You know what? First choice. Yeah. <laughs> it was fun. It was great. You know, the black shirts, the blackout, that was a lot of fun. I was I disappointed it, I, I, that you didn't have that you didn't get a chance to, to make the call. Since obviously since we were the home team, the the visiting team got to make the call. I was hoping you'd pull out the Tails Never Fails. Yeah, but uh, Tails never <laughs> <laughs> But it worked out perfectly. Oh it did. You know, I, I stood out beside Brent Selleck and um it's strange. I haven't stood on the field like that but right before the game in a long, long time and it was like Really airy. Like, do I really? <laughs> should I really be here right now? <laughs> but you know, the the coin toss went the Eagles' way, and they took the ball rather than deferring. And I thought that was real cool because right away, you move the ball down the field and you got the fans into it. And these fans were hyped for that game. It was fun, and <laughs> especially after you know the last couple of weeks where, like, the defense will score, the special team scores, and the offense doesn't get on the field till the end of the first quarter. They're exactly. all, they're, yeah. you know, so it was nice to get them out there. Yeah, I thought that was real cool. To get them out early, get Nick into a rhythm, I thought that was real key. And the crowd, was they were just so into it. And, you know, guys feed off of that. Guys like it when they have their home crowd getting into the game. And, and I think all of that helps. I thought the, the entire night, I thought, just went off very well. I would, I would, this was actually my first regular season home game on the sideline. I was out of the studio this weekend. I was on the sideline, and I – so I don't have a frame of reference, but it was loud. Like yeah, when it was, it was it, that first half when when the Giants were on offense. I mean, it was. Loud. I can't imagine how the how their offense was able to communicate whatsoever. They weren't able to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah clearly, <laughs> well, clearly. That's what happened. Right, you, you, that first time out, I think it was the crowd yep. that that forced that time out. And yeah. in that offense, they need to be able to communicate verbally, uh, which is one of the nice things about this offense. You don't have to have the verbal communication. They got all these signals, and they look kind of crazy and weird doing all that stuff <laughs> but it's effective so how, when do you realize in the course of a game like that things are going to snowball and things are going to go the way like they did for the eagles is that something that you're up in the booth and you're like this is the eagles night they've got this yeah sometimes you can feel the tide turning and uh like one team or one side getting the momentum but i thought throughout throughout the game there was no turning of the tide i thought that the eagles were in control of the game the entire game because the bigs control the line of scrimmage, and when the bigs control the line of scrimmage, you're going to have a good day. The only the only chance where it seemed like it could flip was after that second Nick interception. Yes, which was obviously not a, a good interception, but for the defense to hold, and yeah. part of it was because Victor Cruz got hurt and dropped that ball. Uh, but after that, I thought that was that was probably the, the well. Even with it. that, um, you didn't want to see that happen. But even with that. I still thought that they were in control. And even if the Giants had scored on that possession, mm -hmm. I still think that they were in control and they were going to win the game. Um, they were just determined. You know, I, I just love the way the big guys played in that game. 
you know, I played on the outside. You know, I'm one of the skilled guys. But I realized that you can't do anything unless your bigs can control the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. Now, when did you realize that? Did you realize that as a player, or have you realized that since you came to the booth? Well. (laughs) (laughs) Back then, you're probably like, just (laughs) give me the ball. Yeah, just Just throw me me the the ball. ball. I don't care about that. Yeah. (laughs) But, no, one of the things that I always did, and I I watched Darren Sproles after he scored. When they got to the sideline, he went over to where all the linemen were sitting, and he was giving all the linemen that, like making sure that they realized that he appreciated the job that they did. I did. I, I was like that. Even if I didn't do it on the field, when I got to the sideline, I wanted to make sure that all of these guys know that I appreciate the job. I like watching Sproles do that after he scored. Do you ever, when you know, when you call yourself a skill position player, do you ever tell the guys like, "Hey, you have no skill. You have no like the, the no, offensive they, lineman. Like they know it. I'm the skilled guy here. The, the unskilled guys. Yeah, you let them. They already know. Growing up, they knew that they weren't skilled guys. They were, they were big guys. I know, but I like. I just like the the names, skill positions, like. Like you, you don't have to have any skills to play offensive line. <laughs> just, just go out there and get the job let's done. Let's go. Let's go tell Jason Peters that you know right. you're one of the unskilled guys. No, it, what's really strange is how the game is really changing, and that so many everybody seems to be skilled guys, especially in systems like this, where you're expecting 300 pound guys to get out on the perimeter and make blocks against guys that are 190. And guys who are agile guys, guys who are skilled. So, so you're asking these 300-pounders to get out on the edge and make blocks against these guys. So there's a lot of skill involved in that. So would you, did you ever envision yourself playing in today's NFL and thinking about all the things that you no, could do? I'm old, man. <laughs> I, meant, I meant when you were skilled. What are you trying to say? You're probably not skilled anymore. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, Except on the golf course. Yeah, clearly. I would, you know, any era, I, I would enjoy playing. I just, I love the game. It's a great game. And, and it's a very PC answer. Yeah. It, well, it's just a great game. I, in yeah. any era, I think even in the, you know, I look back at the old footage when guys were in black and white. I think I would have had fun in that era. And now I would certainly have fun in this era. <laughs> Has there ever been a coach that you've seen coming up and you say, like, oh, I, I wish I could play in that scheme? Yeah, this one. This one? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'd have a lot of fun in this game. I'd, you know, I'd complain like all wide receivers. I'd want the ball all the time, but it's because <laughs> I could do something with it. <laughs> why? Why are in general? Why are wide receivers such divas? Why in general do you paint everyone with the same brush? <laughs> <laughs> They're not. Well, you you paint everyone with the same brush. Unfair. Just okay, not well, why fair. were you such a diva? I don't know. <laughs> I guess I was just born that way. <laughs> well, you have give receivers a bad name, so. That wasn't my doing. That was done long before me. This game started a long time before I ever played. It started with Harold. Yeah, well, Harold yeah, must have been the first and, year. And everything that I that I knew, I learned from Harold Carmichael, so blame it on oh, him. Oh, so you're just throwing him under the bus now. Yeah. Jeez. That's, so we're that's gonna, reasonable. Yeah, we're going to have to bring fair. him back on the podcast for him to defend himself. I don't Thanks. think he's going to come back on. No, he probably isn't. <laughs> I'm going to tell him the way your guests get treated. Probably <laughs> oh, he's already been on it. He's already been through the okay through the car wash here, so to speak. I should have asked him about this. Then maybe I would have kept going. <laughs> how how special was the Eagles Giants rivalry back when you played? Now I know how emotional the Cowboys one was. Yeah, and I've heard those stories. But how was the Giants rivalry compared? See, I there was a big rivalry, of course, because I, I guess the close proximity. But I don't think it was what it is today. 
the rivalry was really about the Dallas Cowboys. Um, but I think over time, that Giants rivalry may have overtaken, in my mind, the Giants rivalry is the big one now. Oh, I would agree. Yeah, I think so, too. You know, a lot of fans that are like my era, older, older people, because that was the big thing back then to beat the Dallas Cowboys, a lot hold on to that, and I get that. But I think right now it's – all about beating, making sure that you beat the New York Giants. I think, well, it, of course, it's sorry, but yeah, it's, you right. know, back then the Cowboys were winning Super Bowls, so yeah. they're the team that's that's who you're striving to beat. The Giants have won a couple Super Bowls, so that's the team you, you look towards. So I think that's sort of how it works. But you know, you talk to guys like Trent Cole; he'll tell you he hates the Giants more than he hates the Cowboys. Most mm-hmm. of the players now, yeah, yeah. hate the yeah. Giants. I think in over the last like decade, we've seen. I, mean, I think it started with that Andy Reid, Donovan McNabb era when the Giants kind of when Andy Reid started, the Giants were the the king of this division, and they owned the Eagles for you know what was it nine, nine straight nine straight nine, straight, yeah, nine straight games, and then you saw us obviously take you know take over that role, and then the trash talk started started between the two teams, and obviously you had you know Shady and uh, and OC and well, Strahan uh, before you know, Strahan and, and, and Runyon, Runyon and, yeah. uh, you know that it, it kind of just built from there and manifested itself. Yeah. Uh, and I actually say, and you, you talked about it, how the team seemed determined. I remember being on the sideline this past week, and the Giants were coming out of the tunnel for warm-ups, and the way that they were just you know jumping up and down and you know and just kind of carrying on, and then they, the way they stomped on the logo before the game, I said to one of our producers, I said to Ray Doyle, I said, uh, Ray, they're way too high right now. Yeah. And they, they were, they're, way, like, they're way too emotional about this. And you saw us in warm-ups conversely. And we were just focused. It was business-like, you know, just another day. And we came out and just from the jump just had him. Well, that's what I think is one of the most impressive things <clears throat> about Chip Kelly is the fact that he doesn't get the guys too high or too low for these types of games because my fear going to this game was the city is all into it. The fans are all into it. You know how electric the atmosphere was. I was afraid the team was going to lay a dud and to lay an egg out there on the field. And they went out there from the jump and took it right to them. And, and you had drama at the end with the shutout, for crying out loud. Yeah. I mean, everyone talks about how you have all the ups and downs of these first five weeks of the season. Finally had a little bit of drama there for a good reason, is making sure they held on for the shutout. McPherson, I'm surprised. That's, that's, just, a first? that's just a bad approach. That's just a defeatist <laughs> attitude. <laughs> how how could you approach the game thinking like that? <laughs> it's in the back of my mind. I'm just thinking to myself, you know, I, I expected the Eagles to win. I thought it would be a much closer game than it was. But I'm just talking about worst-case scenario. I'm just thinking to myself, you know, how everyone is just so invested in the team. Because you know it takes time for the fans to trust what's going on here and no, know, I get buy it. into what Chip Kelly has done. And they're at that point, that crescendo where it's like, they are all on board. They are fully into it. You had the, the blackout, the Black Sunday promotion going on. Everyone was hyped. You just didn't want that to all of a sudden be like, oh, and then the product on the field. Because you need that. That's what you need at the end, the product on the field to sustain it and keep it rolling. Well, I just I, wanted to make sure it kept I, going. I talked to Fran before the game, and Fran said to me that I wouldn't be surprised if this game goes either way, a, a blowout one side or the other, or if it comes down to the last possession. It's and it's oh, yeah. that was it. That was a very, it was very, yes, yeah. I know. But I, that's just how I felt going into the game because yeah. just watching both teams over the last few weeks, I mean, you didn't really know what to expect. No, I, I completely get it. You know, you look at what the Giants were able to do in the last three games. They averaged 35 points in the last three games. And the offense, everyone's talking about how, oh, yeah, they've got the West Coast down. They've got the run game down, the blah, blah, blah. So I get it. You, and you have to look at the strengths of teams. You have to realize that, that's a pretty good football team. But Sunday night just was not their night. <laughs> it's funny, in, in retrospect, you know, that all the, the talking back and forth, it was Giants players and, and maybe the New York Daily News 
But the Eagles players weren't saying stuff. It was like it was us saying stuff. It was you know PhiladelphiaEagles.com saying stuff. Right. But it was not right. the players. The players were focused. They weren't going back and forth. They weren't taking the bait. We were taking the bait, and that's what's fun. Yeah. Let let us do the trash talking. You guys focus <laughs> on the job. It's amazing how the media was trying to bait the players this yeah. week. And I'm talking about the Philadelphia oh, yes, reporters. Absolutely. It trying was, to get players to bite on it. Yeah. Trying to get players to say things that they really shouldn't say that's no. going to be billboard material. Exactly. I mean, you had reporters saying, you could call him Sheila. It's okay. And yeah. you saw the players and look in their eyes like, no, we know what's going to happen here when, when we say this stuff. They they knew full well. They've been through the gamut before. Well, and you so want to like, respect guys. You want to respect other teams. And, you know, as, even as a kid, that's what I was always taught. You respect the other side. And you don't want to do all that trash talking. Although, deep down, you want to put your foot so far, <laughs> as far as you can, up their rear. But you don't disrespect them. But tell me this. From a from a player's perspective, are you gonna try? Are you gonna try any harder to win the game than you would in a, just the fact that it's a, a big division game? Are you gonna try harder if you hear that uh, they made fun of Eli Manning? Like, no. like, oh my God, we gotta get him now! Like, now we're really gonna try to win the game. No, once, no, once try, the whistle the blows, thing. it's yeah. just football, and you just try and play the best you can play and execute the best you can execute. It's all noise. So, it's all noise. So, Mike, the Eagles are five and one at this point, and. People will talk about after their win over the Rams is a soft four and one, a tough four and one. It doesn't matter. They're five and one. What has been in your estimation? Five and one, and in the words of the famous Giants former coach Bill Parcells, "You are what your record says that you are." They're five and one. And what? And what's the most impressive aspect of this team's five and one start in your estimation? The, the five. The five. <laughs> <laughs> Count on Bo. There you go. <laughs> Succinct analysis, to say the least. That's it. That's brilliant. But you did write a column for you wrote a column for our site saying there's still room to improve. That 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 to me is it's where it's at. You know they're five and one, but they've played one complete game. So I think there's a lot of room for coaches to coach to make sure that guys are are not complacent, that guys are on their game, that guys realize that. There's a lot more work to do. We can be better than we are, and coaches, I know that they're teaching that, they're preaching that to these guys that, yeah, you've done this and that, but still, look at all of the things that you left on the table, the things that you didn't do. So I think that's key to where they are right now. It's a perfect time to to get a little buy and uh, recharge the battery, get ready for this next stretch, Um, and for the coaches to reassess what's happened throughout these first six games. You know, they do a lot of uh, self-scouting. So when they come back, they've got a real good idea on what has happened in the first part of this season and how to move forward to not show too many things. Or when you line up, teams don't know exactly what you're going to do or don't have a, a real good feel for what's coming at them. And I feel like that they've done a much better job of that in recent weeks. You look at the Giants game and some of the different formations they were using to try to get the run game going to finally spark it, so... Oh yeah, Fran yeah. and I were talking about that earlier. Yeah, yeah. earlier today. We uh, it's it was really something to see, but really on both sides of the ball because uh, actually I talked about it with Greg Cosell last night. Is on de- on defense. Here we go. Thank you. On defense, the uh, the first thirty plays. Is that a nerd alert? Nerd yes. alert. Okay. Yeah. Whenever I start talking, that's <laughs> that usually comes up. Uh, the just the amount of different looks. <laughs> the amount of different looks that the the defense showed. What Billy Davis showed. Uh, all the different blitzes, all the different coverages, all the different fronts. I mean, they really just did a good job of confusing that offense and really just not allowing Eli to have any kind of throwing lanes to, to move the ball down the field. As much as you've seen Eli and as much football as he's played, I think that 
you know, showing him one thing pre-snap and then moving to something different after the ball is snapped, I, I thought it really affected him and affected his, his play. We all agree that uh, when Steve Smith was here, right, <laughs> the, the other Steve Smith, yes. he was, he was, he was like Steve a Smith. sleeper agent for the Giants, right? We all agree that that, that, <laughs> that, that was the case. I think that, I know like you're he going was, with He that. was rooting yes. for the Giants. He was, yeah, he was working right. for the Giants. Yes. While I remember the one game from where the inside. He, he grabbed the ball and passed it to one of their defenders. Or where he <laughs> just went, he went, he went down a yard short of the first down. Yeah, that one too. Yeah. Justin Pugh grew up a diehard Eagles fan. Do we think that he was working, working for our side in that game? <laughs> Justin Pugh just got whipped. <laughs> Justin Pugh and his dinosaur arms. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was bad. I mean, regardless if it was Seth Thornton or Connor Barwin or Trent Cole or Fletcher, I mean, yeah. everybody just. He said after the game that it was the worst game he's ever played, ever. I should yeah. hope so. Which is from a, yeah. no, a non-skilled guy, you would, you know. <laughs> well, well, you know what? He couldn't get a beat on the guy because he, Billy Davis kept switching people, yep. putting different guys mm -hmm. on him. So you're dealing with different speeds. You're dealing with different power when when he's when guys are coming after him. Uh, different moves when guys are coming after him. So. He didn't know what to do. Now, how do you control Merrill in the booth? I don't. I just <laughs> let him go. I don't. No. He's great. Did you see the uh, on our Inside the Eagles show earlier in the year? I think it was week one. They looked back at which – Brian, which call was it? Was it the uh, the, mir the the new miracle of the Meadowlands? Yeah, no, number two. Yeah. Number two. Okay. So it was the – Oh, uh, Brian has a mic now. Yeah, okay, Brian yes. has a mic. There you go. Um, was it number three? We've moved on. Oh, yeah. Play. I guess technically it was Deshaun, Deshaun Jackson's power return. Okay. And they did a, a, a remake of it where mm -hmm. Merrill's going nuts in the booth and making the call, and you're just in the background, like, you know, barbecuing and, like, just kind of <laughs> just hanging out watching. I don't know if you yeah. did you see did yeah, you catch I did that? See that. that was, I love the fried chicken part. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> they, had, they had kebabs going, and they were dressed as mummers and dancing around. So. Yeah, yeah. But, and that's what we do in the booth. We, the, we dance around, and we dress as mummers, and we, <laughs> <laughs> we have a party. It was an accurate I went, portrayal. I went course. to the booth for the first time during a game, this, this uh, last game, because I wanted to watch Boys to Men. And I couldn't, you can't hear from the booth. You can't hear from the press box because it's shit. Right. I wanted to see the open air. And it was a party in there, man. Yeah. Ike's oh. dancing with Karen Gerstle. They're just, you know, <laughs> the, the whole thing's going on. It's great. Oh, okay. <laughs> I missed that. Who are you dancing with? <laughs> I when we get to halftime, I usually go out and you know put you know refresh my makeup and all that for the radio. <laughs> for the radio, yeah. yeah. Mike, you were standing right behind him while they were dancing. <laughs> <laughs> I was standing behind who? Karen and uh, Ike. No, I left the room and then I came back. <laughs> get it Brian, right, B. Brian is Brian is always in the room. We yeah. have GoPro footage of this. All right, good. Bring it. <laughs> Bring it. There's proof. There is proof out has there. Has there been so. a call over the years? Obviously, you've been working with Merrill now for forever. How many years? How many years has it been? Uh, this is my 17th season, season, I think. Yeah. And it's been fun. It's You know what? This guy knows so much, and he's amazing. His recall, things that, you know, he'll relate stories from many years to right now, and it all it, it's in sync. He's, uh, to me, I don't know how old he is because he won't. He'll never tell anybody. His hair is always dark. <laughs> he, he always looks the same. He always sounds the same. So you don't really know. But I, I know this. He's consistent. He just, you know, and he knows so much about the history. And um, he does a great job of setting me up during the, during the broadcast and just letting me do my thing, let me throw in my pieces here and there. Every now and then he'll let me talk. So it's great working with him. 
do you have a call that you remember that stuck stood obviously as one of the best but then do you have one that was maybe not the best or you're like oh i don't know what, what we we messed that one up yeah, but I forget about them, really. <laughs> you know, I have that memory like a cornerback, like a oh, defensive back. Oh, yeah, player. Like, boom. Yeah. It's when, it's when I, you know, when they score a touchdown on me, I forget all about it. I got to go on to the next play. That was What's your favorite call? Then. Favorite? When Jaquay Parker jumped. <laughs> he jumped! <laughs> Meryl, Meryl started screaming. Oh, no. He jumped! <laughs> he jumped! That was funny. He jumped! <laughs> Jaquay Parker jumped! <laughs> And and even that he's referenced that a couple of times this yeah, year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's he's really good. Like on the spot, you know, relating something from years ago to like right now, this moment, and it's all relative. I don't know why that call is so memorable though. I mean, it was it just captured I think what every fan was thinking, and I think that's what makes Merrill so great. Is well, he's not a just fan. not it's, just it was everybody. Everybody's yeah. thinking, okay, they're gonna try and draw right. off sides. And Jaquay jumped. <laughs> <laughs> Why did he do that? He jumped. Yeah, how, how good is your Merrill impression? I can't uh, do Merrill. Oh, come on. I, I think you got it in you. Come on, Mike. I bet, I bet you're better at it than I am. No, I don't think so. Come on, let's hear it. No, no, I think you're better. Come on, Bo. I'm not going. I'm, you're the guy. I can't do Please, it. Ladies first. I can't do it. That's why I'm asking you to do it. <laughs> Brandon Boykin did it a couple weeks ago on uh, on the website, and it was brutal. <laughs> it was awful. <laughs> it was the worst I've ever heard. Let's hear yours, friend. Uh, I got to wait for you to go. I can't. Uh, <laughs> I'm not It's cool! I just did it on Jaquay Parker. I yes, did it. that was it. <laughs> See? Yeah, well, I did it. mine. Okay, your turn. What? Oh. <laughs> I got to get it in my mind. I don't, I, I'm, not gonna go in cold. I'm not going to go in cold. you got to prepare oh. yourself for this. Yeah. Gosh. Are we done? No. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think one of the other questions I think Brian put on our sheet here, uh, game plan. Yeah. Well, you, you've talked about what it's like working with the great Merrill Reese. I want to know well, what it's like working with the great Fran Duffy. I was Emmy <laughs> nominated. Oh, like, Fran... Well, here's the first thing. I'm kind of scared of what's what going to come out of your mouth yeah. right now. Be honest. You have to be here because <laughs> you, you're you're not allowed to be sick because only babies get sick. <laughs> Has he said it's that? A direct, it's a direct quote. Yeah. Really? That's a former. An, uh, kind of an insight. Yeah. 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 Only babies. Get, but it's a lot of fun. You know what? He's always so well prepared. He already knows what the program is going to be, how the program is going to look before we even come in here. He, he emails us the script, and when we get here, he already knows. He already knows exactly how he wants everything to come out, how he wants everything to look. Um, I still never got that telestrator part down where you <laughs> circle everything into <laughs> all that stuff. It's a work but, in progress. Yeah. Yeah, Bo, but it's, Bo is phenomenal with the telestrator. I do, well. yeah, yeah, I do, I do very well with the, the telestrator. <laughs> yeah, the telestrator. But it's been fun. You know, it's been it's been really nice, and he's a real pro. I, I enjoy working. Oh, with thank him. you, Mike. Oh, he's a real wow. pro. Too sappy. I don't know. Listen, I don't know when he sleeps because that's a really good question. Yeah, he doesn't. He's always watching film. I don't, doesn't matter when I come in here. <laughs> he's got three screens, yeah. and he's sitting in front of the screens, and he's watching football. I don't know. You know. The man is so busy constantly that he doesn't even have time to wet his toothbrush before he brushes his teeth. <laughs> you know, I, I actually tried this the other Nerd day, and I didn't. I, <laughs> I so tried it. I tried it, and I didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like it. So, no, I'm going back to the way I usually oh, do it. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> Nerd alert. Your ways. 
You're setting your ways. Wow. It is what it is. Mike Quick, yes, it's a pleasure having a Hall of Famer. Is, are we going to give him some uh Oh, you want to do the questions? Oh, yeah, we got to oh. give him uh, questions. You got to do the questions. You can't without it. Of course. Pick a number uh, between 1 and one and 30. 31. 31. <laughs> give him some. Just pick out a couple <laughs> good yeah. ones. What is your hidden talent? I have a good guess. Mm. I, I know the Look, answer, rap? but it's not suitable for radio. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> rap's a good one. I don't uh, know if that's hidden, though, because that's on YouTube. The... Uh, <laughs> The, oh, we got to work, work yeah, that in. Yeah. We will work that uh, into here. So the, I'm going to take a guess. Good. Guacamole making. I can make some mean guac. <laughs> wow, really? I make a mean really? guac for sure. No. How about your golf game? Give us a quick uh, I, I'm just quick a decent guy. I, I used to be pretty decent. good at it, but this year, for whatever reason, this year has been a real bad year for my golf game. But What's your, what's like your high handicap? High 60s. What? What's your handicap? I think I'm an eight. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was, I've been as low as a four, but I'm an eight and probably not even a good eight. So who's better, you or Merrill? He is. That's tough for you to admit, isn't it? I'm not sure I agree. I'm not sure. I think you're, saying that. <laughs> I think you're overselling it yeah. right now. We, what's well, the, what's we, the best we, part of your game? We did an Eagles Unscripted that won in everybody. That's right. That was great. That was the episode we put in. I got to say, I, I, your game is a little bit better. Yeah, it's uh, probably a little bit better. What's, <laughs> what's the best part it's of quick, your game? Quick as being I'm, humble I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an 8. He's probably a 12, somewhere in that range. Okay. Yeah. What's the best part of your game? Uh, Like, usually, I'm pretty level-headed, calm. I don't blow up. I don't get too crazy if I birdie a hole and, and if I make an 8. <laughs> I, don't, I don't go crazy. I, you know, it's such a mental game. Yeah. And everybody has physical tools and can play, but... I think my mindset, my approach to the game is probably the strength. So it's not your skills? No. <laughs> so I'm he's not. an unskilled yeah. golfer. Yeah. Okay. What is a pet peeve of something that Merrill does? Oh, I got a great one. <laughs> <laughs> he likes to break off just a piece of the cookie. <laughs> Listen, if you're going to have a cookie, have a cookie. <laughs> he doesn't want to have the cookie. He wants to break a piece of the cookie and just like a little mouse and eat. <laughs> and then he'll come back later and break another piece. Like, dude, just take the cookie. Does he? I was going to say, does he finish the cookie or does he just throw the rest out? Sometimes he'll finish it, sometimes he not. Le- but he leaves it in like the community. Uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll just leave it there. Okay, like, okay is he going to come back and finish his cookie? <laughs> leave the half cookies That's all around good. the booth. So. Yeah. If you give a Merrill a cookie. <laughs> My sister used to do that when we were younger. We would get pizza as a family, and she would pick the pepperoni off the pizza, and she would just leave the pizza there. Yeah, yeah. That's similar. That's, similar a, boss, that's a boss move. Yeah. You, know no. who's, you know who's yeah. boss. Who are the yeah. athletes you idolized growing up? Is that a real question? Yeah. That's a real question. Let's think. Probably Let's uh, think. Babe Ruth back then. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um. I don't know. The first here, Jesse the, Owens. The first book I read was The Big A. Now, can you figure out who The Big A was? Uh, the A Train, Anthony Thomas. The Big A is the first <laughs> book I ever read as a kid. Sports book. Uh, Big A. Let's think here. Think. Ooh. You guys are too young. I'll give no, I'll no, tell no, no, you. No. You guys are too young. Oh, let me give you a hint then. Okay. What uh, sport? What sport? Uh, uh, no, I'm not going to give you that. Okay. He changed his name. He, he oh, was so the was big Ma- Muhammad he, Ali. No, he was no. the big. Oh, Abdul Jabbar. Kareem oh, Abdul Jabbar. There you go. Very nice. Yep. When he was Lou Alcindor. Lou Alcindor. Yeah. 
Powell Memorial High School in New York and you know UCLA the whole but hit the first book that was written about him was about his early life and and then he was Lou Alcindo so the book was the big A okay did you, play, did you play a lot of basketball growing up I grew up in North Carolina. You had to play basketball. A kid in North yeah. Carolina, you grew up right. playing so basketball. Let me get this did right. you think so you were going to play basketball? I did. I thought I would play basketball in college. And most of the people around where I grew up, they thought I'd play, go off did and play basketball. Did you get recruited as a basketball player? I did. For where? A lot of places. Wake not, Forest? Not Wake Forest. Not as good uh, for Wake Forest, though. What? <laughs> <laughs> it's I, actually, this I actually worked out at Wake Forest. For their, basketball or their football? basketball team. Oh, yeah? Yeah. How'd you do? I did great. Okay. Where, what, so why did you decide to play football instead? Because I got smart. <laughs> played the game where you could get hurt? <laughs> <laughs> played a game where I could get hit in the head a lot. Okay. So you played basketball growing up. You had football. Obviously, you're good at golf. And you also played tennis in North Carolina as well. <laughs> I just played tennis just when I had nothing else to do. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't good at tennis. But I, also, I ran track, too. So I'm shocked the NC State Wake no Forest skills. rivalry has not come up at all until just now. It comes up. It's really yeah. not a rivalry because That's true. you know Wake Forest was just Wake Forest and we were NC State. And if you can't so go you know. to college, go to state. Yeah, so. if you if you can't if you can't play, go to Wake. Did you <laughs> did you get a text in the middle of the Baltimore Ravens game like I did? It was I, the middle I of the Ra- it was the middle of the Ra- that, it was the middle of the Ravens game, and I was I was paying attention. I was I was. I was watching film in the other room, and uh, I had Red Zone on in the background, and I, all I hear is touchdown Michael Campanero, and I was like, oh, all right, look at my phone, and I'm waiting. Three, two, one, and I, I was surprised it didn't get here. By the 10 seconds later, I got a text, Michael Campanero, in all, in all caps from Bo. So I was surprised it took 13 seconds, but Yeah, he gets excited there. about anybody out of Wake Forest. That's, you know. It remains ridiculous to me that Steve Vallis is still on the street. how he has not found a home i think there's some collusion going on i don't know what it is but mike quick on that note thank you very much for joining us here on the eagles insider podcast (laughs) be so gracious with your time all right welcome back to the eagles insider podcast special thanks for mike quick for joining us here on the show this week now we're going to do a little fill in the blank action we're going to go through some different scenarios some questions around the league as well as with the Eagles, and uh, you know, hand out some awards. As now we are, as Chip Kelly said, halfway through the season, ten games down, with including the preseason. Hopefully, less than halfway, right? That is true. Right. Yes, of course. Uh, let's start with who is the offensive MVP, and we're not just doing the Eagles; we're doing the NFL as well. But uh, first off, for the Eagles, I'm going to give it to Darren Sproles. You know, ignited the rushing game, had the big touchdown in the win over Jacksonville. Had a couple big screen passes in the win over Indianapolis. I, I thought that he would be a role player. I didn't think he was going to have this much an impact on the offense overall, especially with the struggles that LaShawn McCoy had early in the season. I would have to give it to Darren Sproles. I think that's fair. Bo? Yeah. Anyone, uh, anyone di- ahead, differ? No, no. I have, I have Sproles on here too, but I, I, was, I figured somebody else would take him, so I'll go somewhere else. Uh, I'm going to go with Jason Peters just because the offensive line has been in such flux. He's been the one guy who you can count on over there. Uh, and you know, respect to Todd Harriman's too for being able to bounce around. But uh, Jason Peters allows the Eagles to do some things on offense that that other teams can't do because of his skill set. And uh, having a healthy Jason Peters is is really the, the one thing this offensive line can, has sort of been able to count on. So. He has been outstanding the last two games. And he in just yeah, dominated. No question about Paul. it. So yeah. dominant. Robert Quinn shut him down. Jason Peters. They moved Jason Pierre-Paul because yeah. of how much 
Peters was beating them down. So yeah, no question about it. I, I like both your picks. Okay, uh, off went, the board. We going off, off the board. board. <coughs> I went off the Trey board. Bird. I went with. I went with. I thought about it. Uh, I went with Jeremy Macklin. Um, Good, very nice. But you know, coming off yes. the injury, uh, has been incredibly productive. Has been the most de- dependable receiver on the outside. Uh, whenever this team needs a big play through the air, I mean, he's been on the receiving end for the most part. Uh, and especially coming off the injury, any questions you had about Jeremy Macklin? We're answered, I think, through the first six games. Very deserving, especially for how much he's targeted in this offense. It's almost like since there wasn't a running game, he had to become more of a focal point of the offense. So all, all very good answers, all very deserving. Around the league, I went with Philip Rivers of the San Diego Ooh. Chargers. Uh, you know, orchestrating one of the best offenses in the league. San Diego's off to a great start. Um, a lot of deserving candidates. You know, you could go to that team in Dallas. Maybe one of you guys went there. Um, just a lot of respect for what Rivers had done in San Diego. Uh, I did go to that team in Dallas. I went to Marco Murray. Uh, you know, he's he's really what's what's driving their offense. He, I think he's uh, higher. He, the distance between him and the number two leading rusher in the league is the same as the between number two Le'Veon Bell and like fifteen or sixteen. It's sixteen, or something yep, like that. that's correct. Uh, and and the biggest surprise to me, well, the two biggest surprises, one that he's staying healthy, and who knows if that'll last throughout the season because they are really piling the carries on. Uh, and two, that, that the Cowboys are allowing him to, to run the offense for so long. It's been where, why don't they just run the ball more because uh, it's so effective, and they're actually doing it this year, and I think that you know helps helps why they're 5-1. and one. Yeah, no question. I think there's the stat. I forget exactly who released it, but he's got more yards on first down than the second leading rusher does in, in, in the NFL, does then total. Le'Veon Bell. So it's uh, obviously they're, they're feeding the ball, and he's, he's producing at a really high level. Uh, you guys took my two names, so this is really tough for me. Uh, I'm going to go. But it's your pick. I, I mean, you can yeah, agree. This is tough. It's no, not like I you have to I know, come I know. with a third. I'll, you know, gonna, I'll throw another name out. Right. Uh, you could throw, I think you can throw Andrew Luck in that mix because I think Andrew Luck is just – he's outstanding. I mean, that team about is a without him, team. And without him and without him, they're, yeah, they're, they're less. I mean, they're, he is phenomenal, um, and he's, he's going to carry them through the playoffs. That was a great choice there. I would definitely – all great choices. Very, very fascinating start to the NFL season, no, no question. Defensive MVP – you know, there's a couple different ways we can all go here. I went Malcolm Jenkins, uh, just how he solidified the back end of the defense, came up with a couple key interceptions this season. You know, all eyes were on him, whether he could live up to the hype of being the guy brought in a free agency to help solidify a position that struggled for this team in recent years. I think he's been more, everything the Eagles have wanted and more um, from a leadership and production standpoint. Versatility, can move all around the formation. Um, the way Bill Davis uses them now in blitzes and disguises, uh, I just think that he has been the linchpin for that defense. Uh, I, I completely agree. I have the same answer for all the reasons you said. Uh, Malcolm Jenkins has been great, and I think he's, he's been more than we expected. He has been really, he's been the D'Amico Ryans of that secondary, where, you know, just a steady veteran who gets those guys lined up, and when the team needs it most, he makes a big play. Uh, I went with D'Amico just because, I mean, look, you see, obviously he was banged up all of last week. Uh, there was some question at the end of the week of whether or not he was going to play. He knew on Friday he was going to play, and he toughed it out, and he came out and had a, gr- a really good game uh, Sunday night against the Giants. And really is just the really the, the piece that keeps that defense going, uh, especially at the second level. He's just he's just phenomenal and the captain of that defense. The, so I, w- I went to Miko Ryans. The thing with Jenkins is just that the the difference between getting competent safety play, you know, Above average safety play and what the Eagles were getting the last couple of seasons is so great. It, it, it has really changed the face of the defense. No question. No, absolutely. Uh, neither of you went Barwin. That was the other one. He was I the other name with. I was. I would, if one of you guys had taken 
uh, Ryan's as well, I would have gone with Barwin, who's yeah. been obviously over the last couple of weeks has just been outstanding. Great to see him uh, unleashed on the quarterback this season. I, I wonder if, he, if he's someone who, not that you would want to have a label of jack of all trades, but it's kind of like, you know, I'm a good player. It seems like that kind of diminishes his ability overall when you say that he's kind of, oh, he's, you know, jack of all trades. You say jack of all trades, master of none. No, he's very, very good at doing many things. It's just last year. He was asked to be more in coverage because he's the one guy who had played as a 3-4 outside linebacker this year because now you have Trent Cole and Brand Graham who have come on the rise that he's able to get to the quarterback more. So Yeah, no question. And I think also he's really gotten better as a, as a pass rusher as well. So, uh, you know, while that he was in coverage more last year, I think he's taking more advantage of his opportunities this year. And obviously, look, the other guys along the line are playing outstanding as well. So uh, that's kind of helping him out. Uh, around the league, I'll go J.J. Watt. I mean, with the interceptions return for touchdowns, the impact he's had on that Texan defense, I don't know if you're really going to have any arguments. No. I mean, he's the one guy on defense who's meriting consideration for league MVP overall yeah. at this point. So, yeah. Number three question here, who's the biggest surprise, or what's the biggest surprise, I guess you would say, on the Eagles and around the NFL? For the Eagles, I'm going to go special teams. I mean – Yes, they invested the money in guys like Brayman and Maragos. They made the trade for Cody Parkey. Everyone talked about the time invested that, you know, on special teams in training sessions. You got Darren Sproles from the Saints. Doesn't mean you're going to see those results on the field, especially the way that they've manifested themselves in the first six regular season games here for the Eagles. So, I mean, for you, you count on special teams to win you a couple of close games throughout the course of the season, and the special teams have definitely done that already to this point. So I'm going to go. Eagles special teams. Yeah, specifically, I go to the guy who was your offensive MVP. I go to Sprills. Uh, you know, I knew that that the Eagles were going to try to do some stuff with with Sprills that, that they couldn't do last year. But uh, you know, he is older. His his yards per carry and everything was has and yards per catch have declined over the past few years. Uh, you know, it was only a fifth round pick, but you still gave it up for a, for a declining guy. I I didn't have th- I mean I didn't think he was going to be this much of an impact player for the Eagles this season. It seems now. I mean, if if you know, knock on wood, if he was lost for the rest of the season, it was already worth a fifth-round pick. He's he's yes. uh, he's won a bunch of games for the Eagles. He's been really uh, one of the saving graces on offense. So uh, I didn't expect quite that that impact from Sproles. Coming into the season, if you had said there are two positions where you couldn't afford to have injuries on this team, just looking at the depth and looking at where they you know spent their resources in the offseason, you would have said offensive line and inside linebacker. And those were the two positions where we've had the most injuries, uh, obviously with Kelsey and Mathis and Harriman's at one point was moved over because uh, it was Lane Johnson was out for four games. And then at inside linebacker, losing Michael Kendricks, losing Najee Good. Casey Matthews, the way that he's played over the last two or three weeks has just been outstanding. I think, you know, obviously, and he's still, you know, for the most part, splitting reps there with with Emmanuel Acho. Uh, Marcus Smith is getting in the mix as well. Uh, more so over the last couple of weeks as you know as time has gone on and he's getting more comfortable but Casey Matthews over the last three weeks it's beyond comprehension the, the way that he's playing right now I don't think anybody expected it and kudos to him I mean he's playing the best football of his career right now I also like like he was getting into it he was he yeah. like yeah. he was reacting more than we've ever seen from him uh, early in that game it's, it's fun it's fun to watch him grow no question all right around the league I'm gonna say the Cowboys defense because they were maligned throughout the preseason beginning season that they were going to be historically bad and uh they've kept the team afloat i mean obviously they're not gonna be five and one to this point without the defense are playing sound rod marinelli is doing a great job for them down there so who's slurping the cowboys now well i mean i'm just i mean that's obvious surprise i mean the the offense is doing a good job of kind of keeping 
that defense off the field. So it'll be interesting to see if if there's ever a game where Dallas can't get it going on the ground game and or you know in the run game and uh, you know things aren't going for them well. So Thanksgiving is what you're saying. Let's see. Yeah, I mean that uh, that matchup, the matchup of our defensive line against Dallas's offensive line is going to be awesome. I'm really really looking forward to that. <laughs> Uh, I'll go with the Browns. It's uh, a good one. Three yes. and two. Yep. It's, a, it's a, a bit of a surprise. You know, I think we all were sort of expecting that uh, Johnny Football was going to make his appearance sooner than later. But Brian Hoyer has done a good job leading leading him on, and, and that defense is not bad. So I'll go with the Browns. Yeah, I was thinking Browns too. I guess one other team I could throw in there would be uh, New Orleans, just because uh, on both sides of the ball, you know, I was I'm very surprised at how they're performing right now. And obviously, Jimmy Graham's injury doesn't help them, but. Uh, defensively i mean there were high hopes for them and it's very very surprised that they're not panning out what is the biggest disappointment or i guess thing that needs to improve the most here for the eagles and around the league uh for the eagles you're starting to see signs of but just getting the offense going on a more consistent basis you're getting the offensive lineman back i thought david mulk played by far his best game since he's been put in position you're going to get kelsey back and mathis back in a couple weeks you know, luckily it doesn't seem like Sproles will be out for an extended period of time, but just getting the offense going on a more consistent basis would be the one thing that I would look at. I mean, you're, you're looking at this team at 5-1 and seeing how defense and special teams have been big contributors here. Offense still played very well on Sunday night, minus the two turnovers. You just want to see that continue moving forward. I will say uh, Nick Foles' uh, ball protection is, you know, seven interceptions to the two we threw last season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he needs to protect the ball better. Yeah, I think he's leading the league in turnovers right now. So I think right now, you know, that would be the big thing would just be uh, protecting the ball more and just, hey, continue moving the ball up the field. Around the league, uh, Fran, I went with what you had the, for the biggest surprise, the Saints yeah. overall. Just I thought they were a Super Bowl contender. thought they were going to be right there in the mix. You know, it seemed like that they were they improved the defense. They got Jairus Bird in the offseason. You know. How's that look right now? Let Malcolm Jenkins go, who's been, you know, all pro, everything. I mean, and Sproles. And Sproles, and obviously Sproles as well. They lost Lance Moore, who's been a, a key player for them over the last few years. And they are just, you know, struggling yeah. right now, to say the least. Uh, for me, it's the Bucks. I thought they were going to be yeah. A, a, yeah. competitive a competitive average team, and they've just been <laughs> just trash. <laughs> I mean, they don't even show up for games. It's terrible. I thought they were going to be a – you know, competing maybe in that division. It's just been terrible. You saw that Atlanta game on Thursday Night Football, and you're like, all right, well, you know, it's Thursday night. They've had a lot of injuries on D. And then they just came out again. I mean, well, yeah, five like I touchdowns. Thought, you know, okay, Glennon gave them a little juice. Yeah. They, they they beat the Steelers. They could have probably – they should have beaten the Saints. Uh, and then they just, like, at home against the Ravens, Oof, just, just getting didn't show up. Jeez, and that's geez. why it's Lovey Smith, you think, defense. Yeah. Right. That's what you think. And, and the players they have on that team. Yeah. I mean, McCoy there's talent. Levante David. And, yeah. yeah, I mean, they've had some injuries, but – uh, and obviously, you know, losing the offensive coordinator, uh, you know, for a number of uh, a while has has hurt them as well. But it's a big surprise. So play of the year so far in the NFL, tough one. Uh, Eagles in the NFL uh, for the Eagles. I went with Macklin's touchdown against Washington, and yeah, sort of and sort of how Fran you went with the easy offensive MVP. I thought that was a very symbolic moment because you had Deshaun Jackson on the other sideline. He had the long touchdown. Yep. You know, Washington's back in the mix here. Well, Macklin kind of outdoes him with the big touchdown, has the signature performance. Uh, I, I go with Macklin's touchdown there. That was a good one. I go with another symbolic moment from that same game. Jason Peters knocking Chris Baker's head off uh, <laughs> after after the, the cheap shot on Nick Foles, uh, you know, shows that, that this team is there for each other. Uh, and 
It's just, it was fun. First of all, it was just fun. It's my favorite moment to watch yeah. of the season. Peter's going after him, running from across the sideline, going after Chris Baker, uh, the piece of trash that he is. And, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I thought that was great. I went with uh, Sproles' touchdown against the Colts just because in that game he was just outstanding. And, uh, really, I mean, look, that was, that was a tough game on Monday Night Football on the road, and he carried the team. He had a number of big plays in that game on offense and special teams. Uh, that touchdown run where you know he kind of barrels into the end zone with three through three defenders was just awesome. So many great moments. Yeah, it, it really is hard to, to pick one. I I really didn't have there's around the league. There's not one that's really stood out to me. I'll, I'll throw another Eagles one. It's not really a great play, but going back to Indianapolis, just Cody Parkey's game winning field goal oh, yeah. because you know he had to kick it twice. Team he got trade you know was traded from. Going back to Indianapolis, I mean, just another great moment right there. So uh, I'm kind of weaseling out of the question, I'll be honest. Right. Play of the year, I think, was a, a really, really nice touchdown grab this week by the Baltimore Ravens wide receiver, Michael Campanero. <laughs> <laughs> Had to throw that in there. Uh, I went with a touchdown grab as well. I went with uh, Brandon Marshall, one of three touchdown catches he had against San Francisco. Uh, the one-hander over Jimmy Ward was just – he's a freak. And obviously that, that offense is very, very strong. So – Marshall's touchdown against San Francisco. So a, lot, a lot of good, good moments there. So uh, the most annoying overused storyline between the Eagles and the NFL. Uh, Eagles, Eagles one, I had a tough one with because um, there's some that, you know, things that come up each and every week that are still kind of relevant. Uh, I'm going to go – I'm actually going to make a last-second switch here. I'm going to go with have teams call up to Chip Kelly. Mm. And it's like, yes, okay – you know, has the offense struggled? Yes, I said it's the one thing that needs to improve the most. But at the same time, look at the injuries that they're having. Still, you have guys like Macklin who are playing in the system for the f- first time. So, And I think Kelly has done a, and Pat Shermer have done a great job of adjusting the offense on the fly in recent weeks to try to get the run game going, to try to change things up. A lot so, of new wrinkles this past week. So I, mean, I, I will go, I'll go with that to the one. eagle eye. I know. The, uh, Hopefully the tonight breakdown. or tomorrow, Thursday. So I'll um, go with that one. Originally, I actually, I actually originally went with the Foles twenty-seven to two. That it's just yeah. like, look, it, it, you know, could he could he replicate it? Can't match that. Yeah. But it's I think Mike Quid said, said in his column that on the site, they're great quarterbacks who have never had that year. So this is a tough one. I, I'm going to go with this now. This is I think a reasonable storyline, and I, and I understand why people are asking about it. I'm curious about it myself, but I'm I'm a little tired of having to go over it every single week. When the coaches are clearly not going to make oh, this no, change, it's, it's should Brandon Boykin be on that's the other side? That's a great one. That's a great one. That is the one. Yes, and I, that's a good I, one. I, it's tough because I I am curious. Like I think Brandon Boykin is might be the best cornerback on the team. I'd love to see what he could do on the outside, uh, but it's clearly not going to happen. So it seems like we're just we're just throwing slop against the wall every week and hoping for a different answer because clearly, if those guys the the big guys on the outside are healthy. Brandon Boykin is going to be in the slot, uh, and I, you know, I'd like to see them play nickel a little bit more so that Boykin's on the slot. Even though opposing offenses are, as I've talked about with Fran, you know, they're they're keeping two tight ends in. They're they're they want the Eagles' defense to be in base so Boykin's on the field. But I would like to see him on the field more because he, he's a he's a playmaker. But I'm tired of talking about it every week. That's a good one. That was a good one, and the the one that I wish I thought of that one because that one irks me to the core. Uh, the the one that I went with was one that I, the last two weeks it's a it's a moot storyline because no one talks about it. It's the pass rush uh, for you know the first four weeks of the season. Obviously they started the the, uh, the season off with that great game against Jacksonville and sacked Henny I think four times. Uh, and then there wasn't a sack for a couple of weeks. And I 
all I've said was, look, the, the, the opposing quarterbacks are getting the ball out quickly. They're doing a good job getting there. The sacks just aren't there. And it's just funny how now it's like, you know, the, the same – the defense, it's not like there was an aha moment on Sunday night when they took the field. Like This is the way that they've been playing. There was just more consistent. Uh, there weren't any lapses. I mean, look, you, you kept them out of the end zone for four quarters. Uh, it hasn't been done in 18 years. But it's not like this defense just took – it's not like they woke up Sunday morning and said, okay, now we're going to be great. Like This this is the way that they've been playing. Uh, it just – look, it just manifested itself Sunday night into you know four quarters of great play. Why does the Boykin thing irk you to the core? Because it's it's a topic, like, like Bo said, where – it's been brought up so many times. It was brought up last year. It was brought up in the offseason. It was brought up again early in, the, in training camp through early, the early parts of the of the, uh, the regular season. Look, the, they obviously think that these two guys on the outside are going to get the job done. And I think for the most part they do. You know, Billy Davis got kind of animated last week at his press conference that you know you saw the plays that Bradley Fletcher and Kyrie Williams made on the ball in the first half. And Bradley Fletcher made a great play along the sideline throwing his hands up at the catch point and knocking the ball out, you know, shot his hands through the receiver's hands uh, at the last minute, knocked the ball out. It was a great play. And then the next, you know, in the fourth quarter, there's a play where he's supposed to have safety helps or, you know, he didn't have that there. And, you know, he misplayed the ball in the air. Like that, it happens. If, but if those were reversed, would the storyline have been the same? Would the narrative have been the same? It's just, just leave it alone. Like right now it's working out really well. And look, they played the other night uh, against San Francisco or against uh, the Giants. Brandon Boykin was in the slot on Victor Cruz a number of times, and they didn't give him any help, and he did a great job. So, I mean, look, there's, I think there's a great role for Brandon Boykin. He's doing a great job in that role. Let him master that craft before you try and you know create a bigger role there. Sort of like Vinny Curry. Right, Almost exactly. with the pass rush, same thing. So, all right, the le- uh, two more here. I'm trying to say. Overusing oh, the, the NFL, NFL yeah. yeah. Uh, I went with the demise of the Patriots because okay. it seemed like it's getting to the point where it's like, and I can understand they had their struggles, and, and they looked putrid on that Monday night loss to the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, happy for Big Red to get that huge win, you know, kind of the Super Bowl revenge mm-hmm. almost, so to speak, number of years later. But uh, Belichick and Brady find a way, and, and with the weapons that they haven't really had in recent years on offense, you know, all these changes now on the offensive line, trying to get new receivers in, incorporated into the offense, uh, it seems like they're going to get together, even though they had two big losses with Ridley and Mayo this past weekend. For me, it's, uh, you know, it's, we were six weeks into the NFL season. It's such an interesting season. There's so many good storylines. The Cowboys are five and one. Ugh. There's all this stuff. Like they're playing really well. And all anybody ever wants to talk about is Michael Sam. Oh, right, that's actually not the case. Nobody's talking Nobody's about Michael talking Sam. About this. I'm, I'm, you know, so <laughs> the fact the fact that we thought this was going to be some big distraction and and nobody's talking about it. I think that tells you all you need to know. Yeah, no question about it. I, I like that. That was good. Uh, I'm gonna go with. You know what? I was going to go with John Harbaugh and the whole thing down in uh, – or Jim Harbaugh and everything down in San Francisco, and I'm not going to go there. I think the the one that – and I'll speak for Eagles fans that watched the game from home because I actually had a number of people text me during the game and say, why do they keep talking about this, uh, is the Cowboys. Because it was Sunday night, Eagles-Giants, you know, night game, like everything's – there's it's a huge matchup. All the talk, you know, leading up to the game – and all they talked about was the Cowboys' big win over Seattle leading up to the game and uh, during halftime and things like that. So let's let's pump the brakes a bit on the Cowboys and see what happens on, on Thanksgiving night. I thought, Bo, I thought you were going to go with Johnny Manziel because even after the win over Dallas, I think Jerry Jones was asked, so uh, how about Johnny Manziel now? And it's one thing if you frame the question like, are you glad that you use that on uh, on a Zach Martin instead of instead of a quarterback, that type of thing, but – you know, it's like, why is he still coming up? Especially that he's not 
he's not relevant even for Cleveland. But that's what's funny is that you can give Dallas credit. I mean, look, they built a great offensive line, but if Jerry Jones had his druthers, he would still have Johnny Manziel down there. Yeah. So, I mean, that's you, you want to give credit, but you, you really can't. <laughs> Last one here uh, in our fill-in-the-blank segment, best celebration on the team. I don't really have a best celebration. I think it's really, for me, the worst celebration or the most disappointing celebration, and that's Chris Maragos. Ah. And his lack, lack of a touchdown. Yeah, lack of a touchdown. He told us he was going to have one. Exactly, right here on the on the podcast. I, I, if I had to come up with a celebration, I did a James James Casey spike because I think he destroyed the ball. Yeah, I've never yeah. seen a ball fly. <laughs> that, that was unbelievable. <laughs> that was awesome. That's why he's been lifting weights just for that. Uh, yeah, that spike. That moment. So, uh, I'll go back to a few years ago. I'll go Brian Roll. <laughs> <laughs> just tasteless. <laughs> That was good. He, uh, did he get fined? Yes, fine he did. Oh, he got fined, yeah. yeah. Roly-poly. Yeah. Jeez. That was a good one. That was, that was I nice did like that run. celebration, too, yes. I would uh, go with Casey, though. I went with uh, Vinny Curry. Last, last couple of weeks, he's had uh, he's had his dance after the sacks, and I know he's, it's taken hold on social media, so uh, good for Mr. Get Flea. Very another nice. Another friend of the podcast. All right, it's time for our final segment of this bi-week edition of the Eagles Insider Podcast. It's the fails of the week, and we're going to start with Arkansas head coach Brett Belima. Bielema. Bielema? Bielema. Bielema. There Bielema. we go. We got a fail right there. And we got that. So that might be number six. So number five here, wearing flip flops on the set. So not the. Uh, I don't think it's that bad. Uh, I don't, it doesn't bother me that much, but the fact that they're like the, the shower shoe flip flops instead of the. Other I would say that's yeah. worse. I would agree. Yeah. I would agree. I mean, you guys have done that before, right? Where. All the time. You know, you know where you're only going to be seen from the waist up. So, you know, you're yeah. wearing shorts or pro pro tip post, post game shows on the road. I generally wear flip flops. Do you really? <laughs> yes. Look at that. So right. I think we have to expose that. I think maybe in the next <laughs> next edition. So Arizona game number four. I, I actually enjoy this former Notre Dame head coach and South Carolina head coach Lou Holtz giving him more cowbell. After he was like speaking in tongues at this point. I, I, I don't know. Correctly. I couldn't understand what he was saying. Most of the time, I can't understand what he's saying on the air. But nonetheless, he's got Mar- some moves there. There's some hip yeah. wiggle there. Let's let's replay that one 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 I more don't time. Know if we're able so. to, but that was uh, that was pretty. That's impressive. fine. Mark May wanted nothing of that whatsoever. There we go. There we go. There we go. See, look at that. <laughs> uh, Jake, we got Jake Cutler, Bears quarterback, uh, a left-handed throw. So trying to get the ball out. <laughs> He's like he's you know a little little push there. Oh, oh and he hit him in the nuts. And hits. <laughs> That's great. And oh man, the, we uh, oh. you really buried the lead on this one, Brian. Jeez. All I see it's is not about Jay, the throw. Jay Cutler left-handed throw at ref doesn't say at <laughs> at the ref's crotch. Oh, nice. All right. How is that not number one? Number two. All right, let's see this one. Auburn offensive co- coordinator Rhett Lashley tries to call a timeout. And yeah. oh. Uh, oh, almost takes the ref out. Wow. Uh, I still, I'm still going with the cutler to the nuts. Oh yeah. Oh look at this. Yeah, we get the, the all 22 breakdown here. Now let's see. Oh yeah. <laughs> now <laughs> he what's, almost breaks his leg. Yeah, that could have been bad. What What's worse, Nick Foles sliding or Rhett Lashley there? Nick Foles sliding because yeah. he's doing he it on like, purpose. He, he looked like Jordan Matthews after his first NFL touchdown on that play. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and number one. North Colorado going for a two-point conversion. Doesn't quite go too well. This yeah, is this the is, uh, Oh, this is the... Oh. <laughs> they no run this all the way back. I don't think they do either. This is all for a possible two-point conversion. Yes. This is basically what it is, Brian. I like the music choice. And just this is lateral. a fail. This is awesome. No, this isn't This yeah. is a fail because it goes out of bounds and they don't get it. That's, well, that's <laughs> yeah, why it's, it's a fail, awesome. but it is... 
This is, this is all over a two-point conversion. <laughs> yes. All over two-point conversion. That's all this was. Every point matters. That was good. Every what, point so what was the result so. of the game? Uh, they actually end up winning. Oh, so there you okay. go. So there you they go. Did, so I think I think I still think Cutler should have been number one. Fair enough. Yes. That's uh, all right. That's comical though. Give I us your thoughts it. on uh, on ha- on uh, social media. There we go. Hashtag Eagles Insider pe- fails. <laughs> <laughs> Has- Thanks. Hashtag <laughs> Hashtag Bry Eagles Bry for Brian. <laughs> yes. <laughs> all right. So. I like it. So those are your fails of the week, and that's going to do it for this edition of the Eagles Insider podcast. And, Eagles uh, Weekly. We'll be back next week uh, to preview the Arizona Football Cardinals. So for Bo Wolf, Fran Duffy, I'm Chris McPherson. Thanks for joining us. What are you guys uh, doing for the bye week? Driving up to Rhode Island first thing Saturday morning. Very nice. Mike and I. It'll be fun. Oh, look at that. A little getaway action. Bo? Yeah. I'm going to go see Cosmo. Nice. It's about time. Yeah. Long overdue. <laughs> Wasn't supposed to go camping this weekend. Mm. Got postponed. Oh, I did get postponed. Yes, did why? Get, go ahead. Got postponed because of the uh, manhunt for Eric Frayne that's going on in the Poconos right now. So, so the... Uh, the reservation where we were going to be at was, a little, was it's within 20 miles. Of <laughs> Brian is cracking up. I don't know why he thinks that's so funny. I'm, I'm glad you think that's that's hilarious that, uh, you know, the kids could have been in danger. So uh, so they postponed it till spring. So you uh, should go camping in the backyard. Backyard camping. Should, yeah. should do that. So, I mean, my wife spent a bunch of money on camping supplies and gear. My son, Julian, was all set to go. You should do that. So maybe we'll end up doing that. And he is very excited that Julian Vanderbilt yes. is back you, on the team. You yes. could just go right across the street, go to FDR. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little camp out of FDR. How about cool. the fields? How about oh, the practice fields? the practice fields. Field, so. I still think you should go to the ninth hole at FDR. <laughs> the ninth hole at nine? Yeah. The concrete jungle? As long as it hasn't rained in the last week or so, it should be fine. <laughs> it won't be flooded, but... I think backyard. I think backyard. Backyard good. might be a way to go. So so that, that's going to be my... Because so then you can I, get I'm Carter in on too. That would be awesome. So I like it. So let us know what your bye week plans are. A lot of fans trying to figure out what to do with this free weekend. But nonetheless, uh, we will see you guys next week here on the Eagles Insider Podcast. Eagles Weekly.